0: Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor in Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Morning, everyone. Uh, today, I'm joined by Linda van der Lu, Executive Partner, Learning Innovation at Blue People Consulting and EdCast Africa, partnering with LRMG. And today we're recording the first episode of our four-part series, which is unpacking the results from the EdCast 2021 Learning Health Index. Really looking at how we explore what the data shows us and how that's supporting current learning trends and most important, how we start moving the dial to getting better learning health across the South African organizations or across the African organizations that participated in the Learning Health Index. So welcome, Linda. Nice to have you with us today.
1: Hello, Karen. Thanks for having me.
0: You have extensive experience in the learning space. Tell us a little bit more about your background. I always
1: laugh when people ask me this question, because then I, my, my usual quirk is I started when I was two. I'm a teacher by trade. I'm passionate about teaching. I, I taught for a few years. I did quite a lot of hockey coaching, actually. So um, I always had it in me to kind of share and teach people and, and just make people better is the passion that I have. And then I moved from teaching into uh, executive education i computer-based education, a company called Damlin here in, in South Africa, where I was a head of the director of studies for the Damlin Computer School. And at the time, our big mover was Excel training. And then from there, I went to London um, and I spent some time in London doing training, teaching, and moved back from London to South Africa. And I kind of started my corporate life there um, at Liberty Life, uh, heading up in those days, it was called the e-learning center of excellence, implementing an LMS called um, Top Class. And then from, from there, I went on my own. I've had a few stint, I've had a stint at Deloitte, a fairly long stint at LRMG, and then moved into a global role at SAB Miller. I moved from there into a consulting role that I had a large, in, well, I don't even know if it's large. It's, it is the only electricity supply in South Africa called ESKIM and actually consulted to them for five years. I have spent the last seven, eight years in the corporate space as head of learning at Standard Bank, um, decided to make a lifestyle change and move to uh, Plettenberg Bay. So I left Standard Bank, but contracted back to them. And now contracting in my Capacity Blue Pebble group with LRNG and Edcast into Africa to implement LXPs, and learning experience platform of which Edcast is one of. So that's in a very short nutshell, my my history. But, you know, deep down, I'm passionate about learning and I'm passionate about technology and how technology enables learning.
0: Fantastic. Tell us a little bit more about the Learning Health Index. So how did this come about and, and essentially what did you set out to measure?
1: Look, it's an interesting story because when I was, um, you know, head of learning at SAB Miller as well and Standard Bank, I really felt we didn't have much to benchmark against from a learning perspective. And so when I saw this Learning Health Index from EDCAST in India and and in partnership with Deakin University in Australia, I looked at this and I thought, wow, this is something that I think learning people could use practically. chatted to Owen from LRMG. And jointly, we said, let's, let's, you know, EdCast was really a partner of of LRMG. Let's see if we can take this for a spin into Africa um, to understand the learning health of, well, the health of learning in Africa, actually. It was just as the pandemic hit, and, you know, we had that big, literally pivot from classroom to, to digital online. And so the timing for me was a good one to get a sense of what is learning health in Africa, you know, and, and having the, the India report gave us a good benchmark of what we could look for. So we approached a few clients, I approached a few friends, I know a few people in the marketplace, and the response was really good for people to say, yes, we're happy to pull pull this together, you know, and, and give you a response. So that's how it all materialized. What we're wanting to measure essentially is the learning health in organizations across eight dimensions, and I know we'll cover this further in the podcast series, but Eight Dimensions and the Five Stages of Learning Health. And it's been a fascinating journey. It has uncovered and unpacked some incredible conversations with clients and been very well received, actually, with organization, in organizations that have completed it. You know, where it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity for people to look into the mirror and go, well, how well are we doing? It's not audited. It's literally L&D, as somebody once said to me, marking their own homework. But it's a very good indication for me in terms of where you're at with L&D and your organization and what help, what your health is at, the learning health.
0: From your perspective, why do you think we haven't really embarked on studies like this before, especially in the African context?
1: Yeah, you know, it's a very good question, um, Kieran. And, and I, I think we've tried, to be honest with you. And when I say we, I'm going and I'm talking about my experience. We've tried to benchmark against U.S., you know, and as we all know, the U.S. is a little bit different to us, you know, in Africa. Mm-hmm. They, they have a lot more access to technology. They have a lot more access to just general kind of, you know, the, the numbers are just bigger. So I think it was something that we probably were blindsided by. And it was a bit of a blind spot where we thought we were okay until COVID hit. And then we realized that maybe we weren't. You know, so we've done benchmarks from big consulting houses, to look at where we're at. But they, they never really showed the true kind of sense of where we're at. So, uh, I suppose it's because we didn't have access to something like this, possibly.
0: I think, just, just speaking from my own experiences, also coming from the, the consulting world and the learning mm. world, there is an over-reliance in South Africa to look at what's happening internationally often mm. and, and not create our own. And I think we we do a disservice because, you know, the African content is unique. We have a, a completely unique set of challenges. And I think it's yeah. it's vital that we start getting more, more local knowledge in the yeah. space.
1: And, and I couldn't agree with you more, you know, you just take our, our um, BE scorecard elements in, in South Africa, that just puts a whole different dynamic on, on a report like this because it doesn't come, global benchmarks don't come with that. Part of the report, we reached out to clients in Mauritius and we got responses from them and that was very interesting, the Mauritius response, you know. They were a the small island with a big punch. And their feedback was really interesting because they felt that they hadn't possibly had opportunities to benchmark a against themselves. And then we got some serious responses from um, from Kenya as well in East Africa. So again, an opportunity to benchmark against yourselves. I think there's, it's an opportunity for people to look at themselves. And in a soft way, in my mind, the eight dimensions are really nice.
0: And I know we'll be delving into the the detailed results, you know, a little bit later on in the series. But in terms of where we are now and, and as an introduction to the series, what are some of the high level findings that we're seeing coming through now? And essentially how are these corresponding to some of the, the trends in learning we're seeing both, you know, locally in the African context, but also at an international level?
1: You know, at a blink here in the, the high level across the eight dimensions, and we'll cover this, is in most instances, L&D seem to have got the strategy right, their strategy right. And what I mean by that is, is the strategy to pivot and go online seems to be is good, you know, and, and people have got it right. I think as a result of going online, there are certainly challenges around L&D competence, and when I say competence, it's more around capability and, and what does LD now need to do differently and what different skills do they need in order to deliver in this online world. Quite a big component of the, the survey was around learning culture, so how the culture is now shifting into this digital space. And then the very obvious one around um, tools and technologies, which going digital, the tools and technologies were. To be blunt, you know, caught wanting and and how we've had to shift and adjust the tools and tech that organizations have. And then as a result of tools and tech and as a result of going, you know, from classroom to online, impact and measurement has also is not as good, in my opinion, as what it should be if you look at a research element, a research report like this. So those are the kind of four things, L&D, the strategy, the L&D competence or capability, tools and technology, and then impact and measurements. And then as a result of that, how do we drive a different culture in the world, the, the new world that we're working in terms of digital?
0: And, you know, just from your perspective, what is this kind of culture that we're needing to move into look like? And how oh. is it different from the one that we currently have? <laughs> Interestingly enough,
1: last just last week, I ran a panel discussion with um, St and Joshua from Old Mutual and Dr. Leslie Lee from VW, and we were discussing culture. And one of the, the you know, a few of the key things that came up was the culture now is something that we need to work on from a, a learning perspective, but their key insights was it's it's moving from the L&D team driving the culture to the individual driving the culture. What I mean by that is, you know, organisations through digital mechanisms are putting all the learning out there and it's up to the individual to grab that learning and make the most of it and in, in order to further their careers and further their further their skills. That was the one thing that came out, and the other thing that came out was, as L&D and HR, we need to set the tone for learning culture in organisations in terms of how we embrace it, how we encourage it, and how how literally we set the example for learning culture. And the third element was very deliberate initiatives that they are putting in place, and I've seen them as, this across a lot of organisations that I'm working with. Is very deliberate initiatives to drive learning in organisations. Things like what they call deal hours, so drop everything and learn in an hour. Um, We have instituted in quite a few of our projects what we call Future Fit Fridays, where you, you deliberately carve out diary time for people to learn digitally. And it's a coveted time in people's diary. It cannot be overwritten by meetings and things like that. So that's where I think the culture, the learning culture is potentially going to move to. Driven by the learner, but enabled by L and D and HR to carve out diary type of people to learn. Yeah, so so the other thing that, that I think is becoming apparent, and you know, unless you're not doing too much research, you'll see this whole drive around reskilling, reskilling, upskilling, and multi-skilling. And, and reskilling is just going to become, in my opinion, an embedded element of learning culture. And when you move into that world of reskilling and you look at the LHI, you're going to need to look at what tools and technologies do I have in order to reskill organizations at speed and pace, you know, at the pace of business. And then more importantly, how am I measuring the impact of my reskilling initiatives as well? Culture, it's an interesting place to start because I think that's where, A, where it starts, but it's also where it can potentially just fall over, you know, and break down.
0: Absolutely. Because you know, just from from my perspective as well is learners, we are quite self-directed when it comes to mm. learning. And I mean, just Apps like, like Pinterest or YouTube are, are testimony to that. We yeah. want to jump on and we want to have access to that information. I think mm. we just lose that ability when we're at work because there's no, as you were saying, time is not essentially carved out for learning. And I think mm. I think if we can get that right, that's essentially one of the biggest barriers we've seen to learning in an, in an organizational uh, context yeah. is that time to actually learn and, and understanding the value of that. And the mm. other thing that I'm really keen on, and which we'll also explore, is is you know this measurement of learning. We traditionally are not good at understanding that return on investment. I think I've lost mm. count of how many how many books have been written about it, or how many methods have been developed mm. around how to really calculate that. But essentially, we we are not measuring adequately. We we mm-hmm. we struggle with that still.
1: And the big challenge now, and we see this when when we engage with organisations on the LHI, is Historically, and, and I've, I've given you my history. You know, we we as learning kind of knew whatever learning and development happened in an organisation, we knew what was happening. And as we've moved more and more into digital transformation and four R and, and the you know the ability for people to YouTube and Pinterest, um, we've lost we we've lost our ability to track that as learning in organisations. You know, so we don't know what people are learning outside of our LMS essentially. And, and I can guarantee you that they're learning a hell of a lot more outside the LMS than what they might be inside the LMS. And that's probably where the, the impact measurements, you know, the, we need at some point in time, I think as L&D, we're going to need some kind of bot or something that goes out into cyberspace and says, OK, you know, Linda's watched an hour of YouTube. How, how do I take that and put that into my ROI learning measurements? I mean, that's definitely a debate for another time.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's really, really interesting, and you know, especially how we measure learning, because there's not always a, for me, I, I don't see a, a one-to-one, you know, it's it's not about how many hours you spent on that, but more mm-hmm. around you know, how much quality learning have you engaged in during that hour and, and how are you able to use that knowledge yeah. afterwards? And sometimes you might... You might hear something or receive information on a particular thing, but that learning nugget doesn't actually land until something else comes along and kind of unlocks the application of that. And that's really where the learning happens. Then it it doesn't necessarily have to be in that hour when you're consuming that information. And I think that's mm. one of the other things that makes it quite difficult to track. Is you know mm. how are we combining these? Formal elements with the informal ones and really understanding where mm-hmm. that learning is landing for individuals and how do we get more of those opportunities coming through. Yeah. Fascinating topic. I am really looking forward to exploring uh, the reports in more detail with you. But thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. And really, yeah. in the next episode, we're going to just delve into those eight dimensions, but I wonder if you just want to give us a quick overview of what they are, just to, to wet our appetite. No, absolutely.
1: So, the, the eight dimensions are learning um, strategy and business planning, L&D competence, tools and technology, learning culture, learner experience, L&D portfolio, L&D policies and processes, and impact and measurement. And people can, um, if they want to, download the reports. You know, off the LRMG website. I think you might be putting it up on your website as well, Karen. So
0: absolutely, we'll have the link to that report available, so that can be downloaded via Talent Talks, but also through the through the podcast. So thank you, Linda. We are really looking forward to that. Thank you, Karen.